Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns on cash and rented real estate. Find them at NRIA.net. Today we are watching earnings. Pfizer, CVS Health, and Halliburton all reporting profit that beat analyst estimates. The dollar falling to its weakest level in almost a year. Stocks declining. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down 14 points. Dow E-mini futures down 114. NASDAQ E-mini futures down 31. DAX in Germany is down 1.6. 7%. Ten-year Treasury up 17.30 seconds. The yield 1.81%. Yield on the two-year 0.75%. NYMEX crude oil down nine tenths percent or 41 cents to 44.37 a barrel. COMEX gold little change down 80 cents to 12.95 an ounce. The euro at a dollar 15.79. The yen 105.87 and the Aussie dollar 0.7567. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen Mosco, thank you very much. It's been quite a morning, Tom, with uh, all kinds of things going on in the, the markets. We have the European Commission uh, lowering the forecast for growth and inflation in Europe, and then uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia lowering interest rates. And, of course, here in New York, it is pouring rain, which reminds us that uh, commodities – and the global economy are affected by the weather as much as everything else. Jim Romer is with us, our uh, official surveillance commodities weatherman from Best Weather. And, uh, Jim, uh, you've been noting to me for the last week or so that we are uh, – El Nino is sort of fading away, but the results are still with us. They certainly are. We uh, talked, I guess it's been about two months, uh, Mike, and um – We've seen uh, commodity prices soar about 15 to 20% in, in some of the other non-weather-related markets like crude oil and gold because of a weaker dollar and the idea is that maybe we will not be raising interest rates anytime soon. But from a weather perspective, it's really Southeast Asia that gets the prize of the main effects of El Nino with droughts all across Vietnam and also Thailand affecting sugar production. We've seen a 20% rise in sugar over the last uh, four to six weeks. And uh, the, some of the rivers are at the lowest levels in over 100 years. As El Nino weekends, we don't see that situation improving right away. So some of the commodities like Robusto coffee, um, sugar, uh, are really having the leaders in the ag sector, as well as also soybeans over the last few weeks because of flooding in Argentina. Yeah, we pay a lot of attention to soybeans and corn here in the United States, and prices exploded recently. They really have, and um, I think we've had a lot of funds short the last two or three years. We're getting an inflow of commodity money uh, from investors that have been on the sidelines for months. Uh, and part of that's because of the weaker dollar. We, we're also the stronger Brazilian real. So heading to the um, Olympics coming up uh, this summer, I think that the real could actually strengthen. And, and what that does is make products uh, more expensive down in South America. It diverts exports to the United States. But some of the uh, main reasons have, of course, been the flooding in Argentina, the third biggest producer of soybeans in the world. They've lost about 5 million metric tons, maybe about 10% of their crop the last uh, four to six weeks, which we predicted the clients about six or seven weeks ago. Right. What is improving there right now? But now, now what is, it's kind of, the market's going to be looking at the U.S. weather and what happens this summer with El Nino. That, that's what they're going to be looking at the, pretty soon. The conversation to me to a great extent, Jim Romer, is about normal commodity weather betting and weather speculation and that. Overlay on this what we see in not all but some articles about climate control, 
global warming and such, are these in any way structural changes in commodity price dynamics, or is it cyclicality due to just normal weather patterns? It's a very good question. I mean, I, I continue to believe, and a lot of people don't, but I guess 95% of scientists actually do believe that climate change, global warming, has an impact on cycles, and it has changed our ocean currents. It makes long-range forecasting more difficult. I have a product right now, quickly, I'm developing with an alum from MIT, going back 50 to 60 years, which in the icons of history is really nothing when the planet's about two and a half billion years old. 60 years of data trying to recreate long-range weather forecasting is difficult when you have things like climate change and 93 degrees in Florida right now, record-breaking heat. So to go back and look at patterns, right. to recreate analyze, it, it, it's more difficult than it used to be. I, I just put out, sure. like you mentioned corn, I just put out the corn chart on Bloomberg Radio Plus. It's a very elegant chart. We've broken out of a two-year trend right up to where my moving average is. It's an arbitrary assessment. Are you able to call bull market? Like we, you know, gold is a big debate as well, but are you able to call bull, bull market on something like corn or do you need to see more data to, to give you that confidence? Well, let me, let me explain that for a second. I mean, corn has rallied because we've had a weaker dollar. There's worries about El Nino dying. When El Nino dies, typically you see droughts in the summertime, maybe 70% of the time. So speculators are jumping on board thinking, oh, we're going to have a hot, dry summer, lower corn yields. That's possible. The Brazilian crop's been hurt by dry weather recently. So a lot of it has been weather-related. But right now, for the next few weeks, we're planting corn at a, at a record pace. Yeah. A lot of people have now gone long the market. So I actually see the weather being somewhat bearish for corn right now over the next few weeks as we go into planting season. Uh, come June or July, if we have a hot, dry summer, there's more than enough time to buy corn on droughts. But right now, the weather's really – I think there's a lot of psychological speculation going on right now, some of these commodities, uh, that, that maybe is not warranted. The soft commodities, though, cocoa, sugar, coffee, uh, robusta coffee, has definitely severe weather uh, plays going on in Southeast Asia right now. That, that's definitely bullish. Well, just a minute left here. What is the forecast for this summer as farmers start to plant? I mean, I'm still working on it, and and you know, and uh, you both alluded to a second ago how the climate change maybe uh, changed some of the cycles. You know, um, I'm thinking we're going to have some hot weather this summer. Typically, we have one of the warmest winters on record. Natural gas prices dropped below two dollars, as you know. We talked about this back in November, early December, that would happen. And when you have warm, dry winters, about 70 percent of the time, at least one or two months is hot during the summer in the Midwest and East. That could put a floor, not right now, but another month or two in natural gas prices with rigs coming down. That, you know, crude's broken out for other reasons. Maybe natural gas is the next hot thing that comes up this summer. And we may have a cold winter next year with El Nino dying. For the grain market, it's tough. Um, I think we, it's possible we're going to have below normal yields, but I want to see how May's yeah. weather bears out first before making a prediction for July and also August, yeah. the peak time of the year for the grain market. Jim Romer with us. Yeah. We'll come back with a lot of speculation on what the weather's going to do. I looked at the Bloomberg, and just to uh, not to give an opinion on corn, but the uh, technical indicator ADX DMI confirms Mr. Romer's wait and see on corn. Futures negative 13. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Outstanding offers are in full bloom at your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers. Take advantage of limited-time lease and finance programs on select models this spring season. Visit MBUSA.com for details today. 
Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning at 7.30 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene, uh, along with everything else going on today. Lots of earnings out there. Bad news from Europe out of the banks. UBS, 64% decline in profit. Commerce Bank, profit down uh, 50%. Shares off uh, 8.3% right now. Well, actually, Commerce Bank now down 9%. It is UBS shares that are down by about 8 and. uh, uh, half percent. Uh, Halliburton, first quarter loss, $2.4 billion, a profit of seven cents a share, higher than the four cent average of analyst estimates. Of course, they called off their merger with Baker Hughes on Sunday. Pfizer, though, beats 67 cents a share. 55 cents was the average estimate, also raising its full year adjusted earnings and sales forecast. CBS beats. Helped by higher prescription claims, dollar eighteen compared with the dollar sixteen forecast. This headline just crossing the Bloomberg Professional Service. Biogen reporting its intent to spin off its hemophilia business. Keep an eye on Biogen shares today. Now let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, thank you. Today could be a pivotal day for Republican presidential candidate Ted Cruz. Front runner Donald Trump is strongly favored in today's Indiana primary, and a Trump win would make his path easier to win the Republican nomination. For the Democrats, front runner Hillary Clinton is just 218 delegates short of the number she needs to clinch the nomination. Officials say an American serviceman has been killed in Erbil, Iraq, while fighting the Islamic State. Army General Curtis Scap Scaparotti takes command of the U.S. forces in Europe today. He replaces General Philip Breedlove as commander of U.S. European Command. Defense Secretary Ash Carter speaking during the change of command ceremony in Stuttgart, Germany. Praise Breedlove's achievements as commander. The NATO force that General Breedlove leaves behind is stronger than the one he inherited. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. Here's John Stasher. Thanks, Mike. NBA could use a competitive playoff series between high-level teams. Oklahoma City and San Antonio figured to provide it, but the Spurs won game one by 32 points. Whole lot closer last night in a wild finish. The refs admit a push-off foul should have been called and wasn't. Uh, couldn't score. Thunder won 98-97. Russell Westbrook, 29 points. Kevin Durant had 28. LaMarcus Aldridge poured in 41 for the Spurs with a series tied to one. Cleveland now 5-0 in the postseason, taking game one from Atlanta, 104-93. NHL Pittsburgh again top Washington. 3-2 for a 2-1 series lead. Islanders in Tampa Bay tonight in Brooklyn, Game 3. Another city field win for the Mets. This one decided very early. Mets had three home runs and a 4-0 lead still in the first inning. Didn't score again, didn't need to. They beat Atlanta 4-1 as Bartolo Colon hurled eight scoreless innings. English Premier League soccer, when Tottenham failed to beat Chelsea, that meant Leicester City clinched the title. First time in its 132-year history. When the season began, the odds on Leicester City winning the title, 5,000 to 1. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashauer. Thank you, John. Well, with everything that's going on out there, investors are spooked today. S&P futures 
down by 15 in Europe. Uh, the stock 600 is off by 6 points, 1.7%. The FTSE in London down 77 points right now, 1.2%. Concerns after the PMI manufacturing index there fell into contraction territory. Concerns about Brexit going forward. This is Bloomberg Radio. And this is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. As I mentioned, a down day in futures markets. We're also seeing down, down, down goes the dollar index, 92 now, 92.285. The euro rises to 11579. It was over 116 earlier today, the yen 105.81. These are not numbers those central banks want to see. We'll talk about that later in the program. But first, we're going to bring you the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than $110 million a year in applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Here is Bob Moon. And, Michael, good morning to you. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Fiat Chrysler and Google are teaming up to create autonomous vehicles, according to people familiar with the matter, with plans to develop several dozen self-driving prototypes based on the carmaker's Pacifica minivan. Those people say the companies would remain free to cooperate in driverless technology with other partners. We're hearing an agreement could be signed as early as today. Attention, mid-level Wall Street workers, your computer is coming to get you. That's been the warning from several panelists at the Milken Institute's global conference. They say the world of finance is being transformed by emerging technologies. The head of one company that provides data analytics to banks says software engineers, whole technology departments, and anyone who's moving numbers from one spreadsheet to another is going to get decimated. And scientists around the world are revved up with excitement as the world's biggest atom smasher starts churning out data that may confirm cautious hints of an entirely new particle. Experts say such a discovery would all but upend the most basic understanding of physics. The European Center for Nuclear Research, or CERN by its French acronym, has been beefing up the machinery in a 17-mile underground circuit along the French-Swiss border known as the Large Hadron Collider. The project was temporarily delayed by a weasel which invaded a transformer that helps power the machine and set off an electrical outage. That's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM A weasel? A weasel. (laughs) All right. Uh, We'll we'll have to gate the door against weasels coming into the studio. Jim Romer is with us. He's from Best Weather. He's our uh, surveillance commodities meteorologist. And uh, Jim uh, was talking about the possibility of a, um, at this point, hotter summer and then a colder winter. And I wanted to go there, Jim, because the there is talk out there in the weather community of what they call a La Nina, the opposite of El Nino, where the water temperatures off the coast of Peru get colder. What is that likely? Well, first of all, is it likely to happen? And what does that likely mean for U.S. weather going into the fall and winter? Well, if I'm wrong, am I going to be called a weasel or something much worse than that? I, I hope not. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, typically, this El Nino is being affected uh, also by the warmer oceans, including climate change and not. I certainly do to some extent. The El Nino may decay more slowly than some people are thinking, which means the onset of La Nina may occur maybe this fall or winter, not this summer. And uh, the basic bottom line is uh, the more quickly we see uh, El Nino demise, the hotter uh, the summer will be. So um, there's going to be probably at least one month that's going to be hot this summer. If El Nino weakens much more quickly toward La Nina, we could have June, July, and August all hot. 
and that's where gas prices explode. I don't think that's going to happen, but we have to remember the Earth's been the warmest in like 120 years this last six or eight months, and that's also having some of an impact. So the bottom line is we're going to have some hot weather this summer. I think there'll be some put options way out in natural gas six, nine months from now with potentially some parts of the summer being hot, and then La Nina coming out in a cold winter is probably a very conservative, safe play right now. When, when would we know? Uh, whether or not we're going to have this cold winter or, or at least the La Nina coming. After it happens. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what will we know? Well, uh, you know, most of the computer models are predicting this. And um, uh, we also have something, we have very low sun activity right now. And, and low solar activity increases what's caused what is called cosmic rays, without getting too scientific about it, um, this could end up cooling the oceans uh, quite a bit as we get into the fall and winter, at least along the equator. Uh, so I would think that we will have a La Nina, partly because of low sunspot activity, partly because of the computer models. Uh, whether it happens in, in, in August or October, I'm not quite sure. But, um, you know, the odds would probably favor mm-hmm. somewhat cold weather again next year. And uh, But it's certainly not for the kind of extremes we had back in the 70s and 80s. I, I think right. that we've had the climate, climate warming, you know, so... Anyway. Uh, Jim, Andy Waldock in Futures Magazine begs the question, can you make money trading weather patterns and can you make money trading in futures? Can you make money trading El Nino, El Nanya, El Maquillo, whatever it is? <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. can, uh, this is all great, but can you make money doing this? Absolutely. You know, and, and uh, I have, and hopefully my clients have. I mean, here we had a major collapse in commodity prices, 40% over the last two years. A lot of hedge funds went out of business. Part of the reason was because people were on the wrong side of the crude oil market and everything else. But look what happened to sugar and cocoa uh, exploding, you know, 15 to 30% the last few months. That was mainly a weather plan in Southeast Asia. Buying into the fear, buying into the panic was a smart play. When everybody's selling and there's a heavy short position, we hear the weather turns, and we have some of the worst droughts in history affecting sugar production and things like that. So, yes, there are some great plays. We were bearish natural gas back in October, November, one of the warmest Decembers in history. Big short natural gas back in November, uh, you know, right. the market dropped 20, 25 percent. So there, there are lots of plays in the weather and absolutely opportunities to make money, no question. Yeah. Jim Romer, a CTA, that's an important designation, linking meteorology into the trading of commodities. That is what if you do, if you're in that uh, world, James Romer is with Best uh, Best Weather Inc. as well. Very, always interesting. Controversial as well. No controversy about data. It's important this morning. We'll do extra data checks through this morning. Futures negative 16. Dow futures at negative 123 and deteriorating. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Engine Block and Engine Name, the best accounting firm in North America for the sixth year in a row by Hedgeweek.com.